This is Commerce Code, a Friday morning digital commerce podcast for leaders in retail, technology, banking, payments, financial data, and cutting edge marketing. I'm Dan Carell, CEO of the Digital Commerce Alliance. We'll start with this week's news in digital commerce. Facebook parent Meta announced its quarterly earnings on Wednesday. Its revenue fell year over year for the first time in its history. Google parent Alphabet missed both earnings and revenue expectations this week. Advertising revenue increased just 12% as marketers respond to inflation. YouTube, part of Alphabet, increased sales just 5% compared to 84% in the same period a year ago. By contrast, Microsoft released positive results and a strong outlook, with its CEO Satya Nadella stating on the earnings call that Microsoft had increased market share across its businesses and demand for its cloud services was expected to remain strong as customers look for more affordable computing options. Retail stocks were off about 6% this week from last week, now about 40% off their late 2021 high. Financial stocks were steady this week compared to last week, while fintech-specific stocks dropped about another 5% this week. The Index Global Fintech Thematic Index now trades at a 54% discount to its September 2021 high. Whether driving or flying, the price of fuel combined with strong continued demand for travel is making things more expensive. Travel data from Hopper found that U.S. domestic airfares this summer are up 34% from the same period in 2019. Commerce Code is brought to you in part by Vantage Score. Nine of the top 10 banks and over 3,000 leading banks and fintechs use Vantage Score to predict and manage repayment risk. Learn more about the latest advances in credit scoring and how to grow your lending business by leveraging financial inclusion at VantageScore.com. In this edition of Commerce Code, the 2022 Travel Roller Coaster. Talking consumers and offers with Ed Wogan of Value Dynamics and Ted Mooney of Travel.Win. The Federal Reserve announced Wednesday it will raise interest rates by 75 basis points for the second consecutive month, bringing the target range for the federal funds rate to between 2.25 and 2.5%. Fed Chair Jerome Powell said economic growth would have to slow in order to tame inflation. But he told reporters he does not believe the United States is currently in a recession. On Thursday, growth numbers were released that at least unofficially seemed to contradict Powell's statement. The U.S. economy was reported by the Commerce Department to have shrunk by nine-tenths of a percent in the second quarter, making it the second quarter in a row of a shrinking gross domestic product. Two quarters of GDP shrinkage is a common definition of a recession. But for official purposes, recessions are defined by an independent committee at the National Bureau of Economic Research, which uses a multi-factor test to assess whether a recession has occurred. The current economic circumstance is unusual and may not result in a determination of a recession, at least in part because the job market is very strong. And a key element of a recession is rising unemployment. 
To date, that hasn't happened, though consumer and business spending have both fallen. Falling business spending was shown when S&P Global released its July Purchasing Managers Index last Friday. The index showed that purchasing fell significantly in the last month, and the index reached its lowest level in 26 months. As reported this week by the Financial Times, Alibaba is scaling back its operations in the U.S. after failing to grow. The New York office was reportedly shrinking as the company reassesses its global growth plans. Alibaba had a set target to sign up 1 million local U.S. businesses to sell on its platform, but reportedly was far from hitting that target. U.S. Consumer Finance Protection Bureau Chief Rohit Chopra said his agency would have to take a very careful look at the implications of big tech entering the buy now, pay later space. His comment was a reference to Apple's entry into the BNPL market this summer. Chopra's stated concern was that Apple's presence could limit competition and consumer options and that there could be issues with consumer data management. The Wall Street Journal reported this week that bipartisan legislation will soon be introduced in the Senate that would force greater competition in credit card processing and likely reduce interchange fees. On average, only about 4% of bills introduced in Congress become law, though some proposed legislation has more chance of passage than others. This bill is sure to be closely followed in the digital commerce space. Today on the show, Dan is talking with Ed Wogan of Value Dynamics and Ted Mooney of Travel.Win. Ed and Ted, thank you so much for joining us today on Commerce Code. Where are you both joining us from? Yeah, hey, good morning, Dan. It's great to be with you today. I am joining you from sunny Cape Ann, Massachusetts, which is north of Boston on the coast. And Dan, I am in sunny South Florida in Fort Lauderdale. That's great. You're both uh, close to salt water, which all seems lovely. Well, look, we've got great things to talk about on the travel front. But before we get into travel per se, Ed, I know there have been some changes at Value Dynamics. Let's help our listeners know what's going on there. There certainly are some exciting changes underway at Value Dynamics. We recently completed a branding and a positioning update, which we are bullish about as it aligns perfectly with the market need and conditions. So Value Dynamics aspires to be the leading global provider of curated, targeted, and relevant data-driven and omni-channel purchase rewards. So we are feeling like we are now bringing that into even clearer focus. So for us, it's all about dynamic value exchange, a foundation centered around programs, merchants, and content, inclusive of targeted offers and tailored rewards driven by consumer insights. So if you think of it as a triangulation inclusive of engagement, transactions, and rewards, we continue to build out our strategic partnerships, which are designed to deliver reaching content. We have a product and data insights roadmap and a plan, and we're building for the future, which we're excited about. That's great news. And it's been the case, of course, that we've had many organizations we're dealing with that are that are growing right now, right? And just things are going. The economy is still doing well in its own weird kind of way. But it's always fun to hear about companies that are keeping busy and trying to keep up with demand for their services. So that's good stuff. I want to continue the financial theme, I guess, Ed, and say, you know, from a financial standpoint, what have you seen this summer? There's inflation, right? There's prices. I, I've noticed it. I think everybody has hotels, flights, you, you know, and 
everything. So how's that affecting kind of what the financial sector is experiencing? Yeah, it's been an interesting time for many. So as you know, adjacent to Value Dynamics, Collinson is a leading provider of travel services and solutions. We're seeing some positive trends. So 2022 U.S. travel expenditures in the month of April were actually up 103% versus pre-COVID rates in 2019. And 59% of consumers surveyed say rising gas prices will impact their decision to travel over the next six months. Yet, domestic business travel is picking up. Volume is expected to reach 81% of pre-pandemic levels in the year 2022 and to reach 96% in 2023. So those statistics are encouraging for now. That's helpful. It's good to know there's been such a strange combination of pessimism and optimism in the economy currently, but it's it's nice to hear that angle on it. Ted, in sunny Florida, I want to turn to you as our, our resident travel expert. What's stood out to you in the way that consumers are traveling this summer? It's definitely been an interesting summer, to say the least. Personally, we did two family trips. Flights were absolutely packed. Hotels that we were at were packed. So just from a personal standpoint, I've you know witnessed it. So I think one of the interesting things is when you look at the TSA numbers, you're consistently seeing that 2022 is up 10 to 15% over 2021. We're not quite yet to the 2019 levels, but we're actually, we're getting closer and you're seeing about 10% down. I think also, you know, the gas prices are at all time highs. And one of the things that we're starting to see is, you know, consumers are getting in the car and they'll travel up to about eight hours from their homes. And some of the destinations that we're seeing some increases actually year over year growth is concentrated mainly actually in the Northeast. If you look at Massachusetts, it's up you know, 15%. Vermont's up about 12. DC is up 43%. It's very easy to drive to the different destinations that are up there. Then you look at, you know, how is the Northwest or the West doing? And Wyoming is down about 7%. Idaho is down about six, even Nevada, which obviously Las Vegas is down about 5%. So I think that's showing people are driving more, I think, into the Northeast. I want to just be clear or make sure I understand. To me, the Western states having dropped off and even California not up by that much, Oregon, Washington, not really up by that much. But think of core Western states, Idaho, Montana, that kind of thing, really down. Is that basically the people not wanting to get on an airplane? So East Coasters that would normally be hitting those places are backing off? Yeah, I think that's exactly right as to what's happening. People from the East Coast that normally would travel this time of year are just not you know, making that trip. Obviously, airfare is a major component from a cost perspective, but then in taking into account the hotel and even car rental, because the car rentals are at all-time high prices as well. So to put some of this back into the industry context, uh, the last time we spoke with the both of you, travel offers were just about to launch for NCR Purchase Rewards members. And I just thought I'd come back and ask, you know, how's that, how's that going? Yeah, thanks, Dan. It's going really well. Purchase Rewards is a card-linked offer solution where a consumer links valuable offers to their registered credit or debit card. And it's inclusive of three important segments currently. First of all, highly relevant national merchant offers in the form of cash back to card, local offers that deliver savings at relevant community merchants via a partner called Plink, and then travel-related value, which we're excited to talk about today with our partner, Travel.Win. So Value Dynamics delivers the content, 
powers the user experience, and then captures all the data. Our goal ultimately remains to deliver even greater stickiness with the consumer for NCR and their financial institution partners as the banking space just continues to be extremely competitive. So they see our solution as a game changer. It helps create a bit of a top of wallet positioning for their debit and their credit cards. It satisfies an expanding appetite for value-seeking consumers, certainly in this economic environment. And we're hearing from our purchase rewards participants and seeing in the data that consumers are excited about the variety and the volume of meaningful offers, certainly inclusive of travel, which Ted will expand upon. Yeah, I mean, the numbers that we were seeing here as we roll out the program, consumers are engaging at numbers that we have never seen before. So, for example, consumers, when they're landing on our homepage for the travel perspective, we're seeing about a 7% conversion rate. You normally will see 2 to maybe 5% once someone has done an actual search. So for that to be at 7% when they land on the homepage before they even do a search, we've never seen that before. A few other things, the consumer is fully engaged on the site. They're staying on the site close to 10 minutes. And then lastly, and the most important one here is the cash back. To date, the NCR customer has seen about a 10% average cash back. I mean, that's that's real, real money in someone's pocket. And I think you combine that with the local offers where you can earn up to 10% cash back in local businesses. It's really a win-win for the consumer when you think about the combination of travel and local destination offers. That's great. I think the office is oriented more towards hotel stays, which can be eye-wateringly expensive at times. So do you envision adding sort of features, venues to the program to kind of further enhance that? Is it going to change a little bit? Yeah. So the great thing about the current value that the Hotel Purchase Rewards Program brings is the variety of high-profile and diverse hotel properties designed to appeal to every consumer. And the solution currently provides more than 800,000 hotel options worldwide. So this is deliberately designed to cure the wanderlust of the most intrepid traveler who can now confidently and easily find a hotel that suits their travel needs, their comfort level, their budgetary constraints. Yeah. So, you know, we are going to add car rentals into the program. And I think as all of us have talked about, the average daily car rental cost has gone from $35 a day to $81 in the past you know, two years. So I think adding the car rental piece of it and tying back to the, you know, the cash back, it will actually, you know, put real money back into a consumer's pocket. And in Q1 or Q2 of next year, we're going to have activities. So things to do in a destination. So I think when you look at it, you've got hotel car activities, local offers, you're really touching what a consumer is going to do while they're on on vacation in a a destination. So much, you know, I I love the empirical aspect of this, the fact that you guys have visibility into what people are actually doing. The whole conversation about the economy right now, whether it's the president himself talking about what he thinks is going to happen or other people talking about is there going to be a recession, it's all based on conjectures about, well, what is the logical next thing for people to do? Because what we know right now is consumers are spending a ton of money on all kinds of stuff, travel very much included. And, you know, there's only one reason why hotel rates will go up and it's more demand, right? It's supply and demand. So there's strong demand. So my, my question for you guys is you've got some visibility on a data basis into how people are behaving behaving and what they're planning, what do you see as likely to happen this fall based on what you can see now? Are consumers going to shift their spend? Are they going to keep it the same? What do you think? 
We're definitely seeing people booking a little bit further out than normal. We typically see people book about 20% of our business is done 21 days or more from the booking date. But what we're seeing now is it's closer to 32% of our business. So I think what's happening there is people are starting to think more you know, ahead about their finances and really where their discretionary dollar is going to be spent. We're also seeing consumers utilize the buy now, pay later platforms as a way to purchase products or like hotel rooms immediately, but have the ability to pay that over time. So this we'll see heavily in the travel space. It's happening as we speak. We currently operate one of the buy now, pay later's travel product. And we've seen an incredible growth year over year as the demand is extremely high. And with the ability to pay over time, consumers were booking trips they normally, you know, may not, may not have. It's an interesting model. And, you know, we see it growing significantly in the coming year. That's really interesting stuff. And it's, it's, again, great to see some innovation and, and activity in, in the economy is, you know, there's some uncertainty, but there's also some great new stuff going on, too. And I wanted to toss it back to you, you know, as we sit here in, well, it's not quite August yet. It's about back to school time. And I'm curious if you see any trends there, any thoughts on that front? So National Retail Federation recently published a study on consumer attitudes and behavior specific to back to school, back to college. And almost two thirds of consumers reported seeing higher prices on back to school items. So clearly savvy consumers are looking to offset this incremental cost by cutting back where they can by working more hours, saving time and money where applicable. So the majority of consumers are altering their behavior to attempt to be more fiscally responsible. Two-thirds are dining at home more often to save money, for example. 40% are seeking lower cost alternatives in goods and services, inclusive of vacations. So this means good things for the perceived value of purchase rewards and our travel solution. And those discounts that consumers are going to find here are going to translate into some significant savings, which is welcome relief for travelers who want to get out there and enjoy leisure travel or visit friends and family. So we're excited about that. That's great. One last question here in this conversation, and it's just what's on the horizon as you work together between Travel.Win and, and Value Dynamics, and where do you see you know, future growth coming from here? So I'll speak on behalf of Value Dynamics. I mean, we're really excited about our partnership with Travel.Win and NCR Purchase Rewards. And we see a world of growth ahead, inclusive of delivering really curated and relevant offers to consumers that are meaningful in the area of travel. Relevance is the cornerstone of what we do all day, every day. And then aligning specific consumer behavior and leveraging the value of the data to deliver that relevance in a customized manner is something we are always striving for. And the next six months are going to be critical as we adjust to the world economy, interest rates, inflation, some of the challenges that you touched on, Dan. Great. Ted, what's your, what's your angle? I think we truly have lightning in a bottle with the solution that we've you know, put forth to the NCR consumer. Like I mentioned before, the early results are incredible. It's, it's nothing like we've seen before. This is telling us that consumers, you know, they see the value of what we're bringing to the table. And once we can bring the car rental activities together, that's going to give the consumer a holistic view of what they do when they travel. It really becomes a powerful solution for the end consumer. 
Ted, thanks for that. And Ed and Ted, thanks to both of you. This, to me, has been kind of the perfect Digital Commerce Alliance conversation because we're really about, you know, what's in the head of the consumer? What do they want? Where are they headed? And then how can organizations work together in an ecosystem that innovates to create new things for the consumer experience and creates value for everybody? And so uh, this is a lot of fun hearing what you guys are working on and where you think things are headed and learning a little bit about how the consumer has pivoted this summer and might be pivoting this fall. So grateful to you both for your time and your thoughts and look forward to keeping this conversation going. Thanks. Coming right up, closing thoughts on summer travel. Summer travel and data nerdery is where I would like to finish. I'll pick up on something that Ted mentioned, which is a webpage called Arrival List, and they're using GPS data to show on a state-by-state basis where people are traveling more, where they're traveling less relative to prior time periods. It's fun to play with. So that's thing one. Go check out Arrival List. It's interesting. If you do that, you might find yourself wondering something that I found myself wondering, which is, huh, how does this relate to state-by-state gas prices? how expensive gas is or isn't in different states, and the fact that there's a difference. You'll find pretty quickly if you Google a thing called AAA gas prices, and that shows in a very basic way, updated on a day-to-day basis, what's the average national gas price for the record today, July 28th. It is currently $4.27.8 average gas price, but you'll find that broken down state by state. You'll notice when you go there, there are pretty significant differences in price state by state, And the Washington Post wrote about this recently, about a week or two ago, and explained why this is. And essentially, it's about proximity to refinery capacity and regulations that really change the very stuff that you're buying. You're buying a different product if you're buying gas in California, for example. And gas is then pretty obviously expensive in Alaska and Hawaii and places like that for reasons that one can easily imagine. Last thing I'll mention, though, is all of that led me back to our friends at Gas Buddy, and they are, full disclosure, DCA members. And they basically are taking a much more granular and sophisticated data set and applying it in a really interesting way. So I will close by commending people to go play with that if you use the app, which is the most common thing, I think, for Gas Buddy, but you can also just use the browser as I did today. It'll let you plug in your car, model, year, et cetera, and exactly where you're starting and where you're finishing on a, a car trip. And it'll tell you in no uncertain terms precisely which gas station to go to, and then also how much gas you should get there in order to optimize your total cost. Last thing I'll mention about that is, as you're doing it, you'll then be able to say, huh, how much less or more would it cost in gas if I were to be driving a different car? For example, in my case, I said, well, what if I was driving the exact same car, but like the hybrid version, because there is one. And in my case, anyway, it said that I'd be spending half as much on gas. That's interesting. Especially now that gas is where it is price-wise, and I don't think it's probably going to be cheap anytime soon. It changes the math in my mind a little bit on what kind of vehicle to drive, and I expect that it's going to be changing the math for a lot of folks in the next few years. Whatever you might be driving, however you find the gas that you're going to buy, I hope you have a great summer, and I hope you get out on the road. Commerce Code is a weekly podcast of the Digital Commerce Alliance, the premier trade association advancing the future of commerce. Check out our website at digcomall.org. Help us grow Commerce Code by sharing it with your colleagues and old friends from business school and rate Commerce Code on your podcast app. We'd love your feedback and topic ideas. 
just drop Dan Carell an email. You can reach him at dan at digcomall.org. On behalf of DCA, have a great Friday and a great weekend.